let's keep going. Key point number three. Key point number three, it's hard to share the gospel if you're angry. Mercy is needed. It's hard to share the gospel if you're angry. Can you imagine trying to share the gospel with someone you're angry at? You're always mad at them. You know, I don't know how you don't like them. It's, hard to, it's really hard to share the gospel with them, right? I mean, you know, if you're angry at them, you got something against them, you, you don't, you know, how, how in the world am I supposed to share the gospel with somebody that I'm angry with? So when we develop a bad attitude toward those who are different from the groups that we belong to, that attitude can actually produce destructive behavior. We can, we can have this attitude toward others, and now, because we're angry, because we feel like, hey, they're not part of our group, we can actually become destructive. This is the danger of an unchecked heart. When you don't check your heart before the Lord, and you become angry toward others. So let's consider the disciples. What did they do? This is where they transitioned. This is that transition moment from Luke focusing all of the attention on Jesus' ministry in Galilee. And now as the journey toward Jerusalem begins. Verse 51. Now it came to pass when the time had come for Jesus to be received up. Now that's a really nice way of saying that he's about to die. I mean, he's about to be received up, right? We know where this is headed. He's about, to, he's, about to, he's about to be received up. That Jesus steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Hmm. Did you catch that? Wow. First of all, it's important for us to know that the the Jews disliked greatly the Samaritans. And that is matched by the Samaritans' dislike for the Jews. Now, the Samaritans were... uh, Why were they disliked by the Jews? Um, They were part Jewish. And I say part Jewish because the Samaritan is basically... uh, a Jewish person who has married a Gentile, and the Jews were like, how can you do such a thing? That's, such, that's terrible. You know, Jews and Gentiles are not supposed to come together, and, and you, have, you have, you know, that's despicable. And they were so upset that Jewish people have married Samaritans, and Samaritans have married Jews, and as a result, uh, or Gentiles. And so now you have this group of people called Samaritans. They live in Samaria. But I want us to consider that. They did not like each other. It wasn't just that the Jewish people didn't like them. The Samaritans didn't like the Jews either. And therefore, the Samaritans didn't receive Jesus. And then James and John, they were ready to burn down the village. Did you see that? They were ready to burn it down. I mean, if you're not familiar with, the, with Elijah and the prophets of Baal, uh, let, me, let, me, let me give you a quick uh, Spark Notes version. If you're over 40, Cliff Notes. Um, after Israel had gone more than three years without rain, uh, as a judgment for their idolatry, uh, 
The prophet Elijah then confronts the king, uh, the king, and he was an evil king, King Ahab, and he challenges him to the spiritual showdown. And here's what Elijah declared. He said, if the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. He's saying, look, we've got to make a decision who we're going to follow. And if we're going to follow God, let's follow him. And if we're going to follow Baal, let's follow him. But let's, let's not keep wavering back and forth between the two. So the challenge is that each of them will call on their God, and the one who responds or answers by fire from the sky would be considered the one true living God. Ironically, Baal is known as the god of fire. So they think they've got this advantage, right? They're going, ha, we've got this one, you know, the one who, who uh, is known as the god of fire. We're going to do this. So what, does, what happens? Well, the pagan prophets, um, hundreds of them, they start shouting and pleading all morning long with no response. No response from Baal. No response from their god. Um, and around noontime, Elijah starts smack talk, just like we talked about earlier. That's what he does. Elijah starts with his smack talk. He starts mocking them. And he's, he is making fun of them uh, for their God not responding. He's like, maybe your God can't hear you. You need to shout a little bit louder. And I'm sure it was loud. I mean, you're talking about hundreds of people shouting. And he's like, you know, maybe, maybe your God, you know, is hard of hearing. He can't hear you. And you just need to be a little bit louder. And he's mocking them. He's mocking the, this false God. This is my favorite one. And sometimes we miss it in our translations because they're trying to be polite. But here's what he says. He says, maybe your God is sitting on a toilet and he can't come right now. That's smack talk, right? Now you're going, are you serious? Listen, listen to let's look up, uh, I think it's First Kings. Look at it. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, cry louder. He is a God, right? I mean, he's, this is, hey, he's God. Yeah, if he's your God, yeah, maybe you just need to cry louder. Maybe he's meditating or he is busy. Now, right there, that's where it is. We usually just skip over that because we just think busy. Literally, it's a euphemism for maybe he's sitting on the toilet. That's literally what he's saying. He said, maybe your God is busy on the toilet and he can't come right now because he's got some business to do, right? I mean, that's the type of, that's the type of smack talk that we're talking about. In fact, if you look at, and in your, in, if you're on the app, I did the contemporary English version, and the contemporary English version uh, actually gets it right and says, maybe he's sitting on the toilet or something to that effect. So uh, you can find that. That's a fun one. When I was a youth pastor, teenagers always loved that. We found the word toilet in Scripture. Uh, but anyway, so here he is. Maybe he's busy. He's on a journey. Or perhaps he's sleeping, and he has to be awakened. You, the taunting, the mocking, you can hear it there. And then what? Elijah gets his turn. He pours out a bunch of water on the wood. That's not a good thing. If you're trying to build a fire, you don't pour out water. You don't pour water on your fire pit before you want to get it started. If you're expecting fire, that's terrible. But that's what he does. Starts, you know, building a trench, pouring water out. What happens? God responds by fire, and he consumes the altar, the wood, the stones, the dust, all the water that's in the trench, every, every bit of it just consumed. 
the people saw it, and they bowed down in worship of the one true God. All the prophets of Baal were then executed. That's what the disciples were asking to do. All the disciples were like, hey, you remember when Elijah called down fire and the whole village, you know, of prophets, all of them, all of them were executed. Hey, you want us to do that? You want us to call down fire and execute all these people, all these Samaritans, all these people that we don't like? We can call down fire and just be done with them. Be done with them. We can burn down the whole village. Isn't that crazy? That's what John and James are doing. These are the disciples that we admire, and they're going, hey, let's burn down the village. That's what they were wanting. That's what they're asking Jesus to do. But you know what? If we don't check our hearts, our attitude can become just as destructive toward others. If we don't check our own heart, then we can become very destructive. An unchecked heart leads to cancel culture. But cancel culture isn't enough. You see, you can cancel someone, but then, oh, that anger, oh, it's unchecked. And you know what? It's not enough to just cancel you. I want to destroy you. I don't want you to be able to do anything. I want to, I want to destroy you. That's, that's the, you see, that's the problem with cancel culture. That, that's where it's headed. It's an unchecked heart. It's an unchecked heart. And it leads to destruction. So what's sometimes the best thing you can do? Walk away. Walk away. Look what Jesus said. He said, let's go. Let's go. Let's leave. Let's go somewhere else. Let's go to another village. He didn't say burn it down. He didn't say let's just walk. No, what did he do? He said, we're not going to stick around and argue. We're not going to stick around and have a debate with them. If they are not willing to receive the gospel, we're not going to call down fire upon them. What was the best option? The best option was to leave and to pray that the gospel will revisit them again another day. Sometimes that's the best option. They're different from you. They're not listening. They're rejecting the gospel. It's not time to debate. It's not time to argue. It's not time to get in their face. It's not time to call down fire from heaven. Sometimes it's just best to say, I'm going to be merciful. I'm going to walk away and go to another village. And that's what Jesus did. 